1: Score points when you
2: shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. US bank credit
1: cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out USBank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply, member FDIC.
2: We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by RotoWire for UFC two hundred thirty one. As Max Holloway would say, it is the fighter's fight card. The main event is official. It looks like we're actually going to see it. Max Blessed Holloway taking on Brian T. City Ortega for the UFC Featherweight Championship. Our co-main event is for the UFC Women's Flyweight Championship. Valentina Shevchenko taking on Joanna Yejic. We are here, guys. Fight IQ for UFC 231. I am your host, Daily Fantasy Sniper, the analyst of Fight IQ, Chris Olson. Joe, Sun Tzu, guys! I know you're as pumped up for this card as I am. A lot of great stuff to talk about. Let's let's start with this, Chris. What is the one fight you're looking forward to the most on this card? But you cannot say the main event.
3: Oh, well, there, there's a couple. I'm actually Just pick one. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the first fight of the night. I guess I, I'm I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Joanna and Jevchenko, of course. Uh, I, I'll say, just to sort of give us a middle of the road fight here, I'll say Gilbert Brooke Burns OAM. That's an intriguing one for me.
2: Joe, how about for you?
1: Claudia Goodell. No, just kidding. Um uh I will say uh, Gunny versus Cowboy Oliveira. I just don't That
2: was mine, my backup to that. Uh go my head to Santos and Jimmy Manoa.
1: Yeah, that's a good His one.
2: Main event is A lot of good, main card, a lot of good fights on this card. Fight IQ, we're here to break this down with a DraftKings perspective. Fight IQ brought to you by RotoWire. Make sure to go to rotowire.com slash free, 10 day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. They have daily fantasy, they have season long. MMA, obviously, NFL, NBA, all the good stuff. Make sure and check it out there. You can find all of us on Twitter to harass us, at the DFS Sniper with one S. Joe is at Sun Tzu. Chris is at Real Chris Olsen. love usually giving him crap, but we're actually on the same page for a lot of fights this week. I hate being the odd. Lo-
1: well, I actually love being the odd man out on some it's of weird these Weird cards. card. It's a weird it's,
2: card. It, it is a really weird card. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the um, Rotowire MMA Feed on iTunes. If you're not watching us live on YouTube, and if you are, thank you. Record these about 8 o'clock on Fridays. Hit us up in chat with questions. I will pepper them at these guys. It has been fun getting a lot of support um, from the community, liking the video, sharing it, commenting, saying we should be on serious. I appreciate all that stuff. And, you know, we got our first little barb in here as um, it looks like someone says that Joe is looking forward to Chase Sherman against Tyson Pedro, which Please, God, let that fight happen. I know they're in different ways. Yeah. yeah, that
1: is that that fight, by the way. I got a great sponsor for that fight. The good people at Mensa can sponsor yeah. that fight. You know? <laughs> <Either are>.
2: <laughs> so, fun times like that in chat, guys who are in there, keep it coming. Let's get to the fights. Leading loud off loud the cards. Alexander Rockich, 9,500, taking on Devin Clark at 6,700. Sorry, Joe. I'm excited to get to this fight. Rokic, minus 545. Clark, the comeback is plus 465. Rokic, big hype prospect here. I will say he's the most expensive fighter on the card. We need to pump our brakes just a little bit on the guy. Yeah, he took down Justin Ledette. I'm pretty sure Joe could take down Justin Ledette. Liddette is a boxer. Not good takedown defense. Not that good. Um, Before that, his UFC debut was against uh, Franco Marbajoso. Good win there. Looked good in that fight. Do you think he's an up and coming prospect? But Devin Clark is a really interesting guy to give him, you know, grinding style, grappling. But that's what Clark has. Um, He's athletic. He's going to try and make this fight dirty. Ultimately, I do think that uh, Rocket is too athletic, too technical for him. I just think minus 500. Is his is a little bit wide here. He's gonna need a finish. Clark has shown he got knocked out by Alexander Nicholson. Not the not the best, but in general, he's gonna try and close distance. And if he doesn't through at least the first round, make this a grimy type of fight. You know, Rocket hasn't put anybody out of there or he hasn't starched him. I don't know if Rockich is gonna pay off his value. I think he's relatively safe, but I don't hate Clark as a desperation pun. Well, oh, I kind of mm. do just because Joanna's on this card. If Joanna wasn't on this card, I, I'd be okay punting with Clark. I don't think you need him. But um, – and I'll also mix in a little bit just because Rakic is getting a lot of hype. And I don't know. I think the lines are a little bit too wide for me. But ultimately, I'm going to take Alexander Rakic in this one.
1: Uh, Joe, we'll start with you this week. Okay. So I think this line is right, if not a little – if not Ooh. wide enough. Um, and let me go into <laughs> a little – let me go into a small preamble here. Um you know, one of the things I really like about the UK, there's a couple of things. The UK is, there are more degenerate gamblers per capita than I think anywhere else in the world. They, awesome. love, they love TV. They can't be bothered by things like exercise or going out. Um, and the other thing is my boy, Adam Newsom. Adam Newsom is having a bromance with Alexander Rakic. Um, I heard that. I initially, I initially... <laughs> I initially um, Kind of just said, oh, okay, you know, like a little starstruck Newsom here. But, um, you know, one of the things that Newsom mentioned on his pod, in all seriousness, and, and he actually tipped us off to Rakic before the last fight. And had we all paid better attention, we could have made serious coinage by following his his play on, on Rakic um, in his last fight. But apparently, you know, Rakic has done some um, wrestling with the Dagestanis. And I don't know. I mean, Clark could be a Division Three B junior college wrestling champion. Give me a Dagestani wrestler any day. So I am going to say that aside, aside from having a massive size advantage over Devin Clark and the fact that I honestly don't think much about Clark as an MMA fighter and he is at a severe striking disadvantage, I do not know that Clark will have any success taking Racket down. Play one share of Clark or two share of Clarks if you're mass entering into GPPs. But I like rackets here. My only concern is he doesn't get an early finish, in which case that 9.5K may be hard to pay off, especially if you need 12X to win a GPP. So that's my only cautionary tale. But I I do think the line is probably right. And I think uh, Devin Clark will be – his next fight will be in the PFL.
2: Well, he did just beat – what's his name – Rodriguez, <laughs> mike rodriguez who
1: yeah oh here's the uh, other thing how, how yeah. do you take a guy down that many times and get a grand total of like two advances i it's mean true. so so you could take the guy down but you got no control
2: i'm just worried about you you had on my biggest worry for, for draftkings is him paying off the salary right. and and especially when we're going to talk about later i mean you mentioned in the open claudia Gadalia's is 300 cheaper
0: yeah
2: and it's hard for me to to slam in some rockets when there aren't too many dogs. I want, I'm looking to, to play, especially when I had when I had when I was interested in that. I, I convinced you of earlier. I know you get, you
1: brought me through. over the fence, and now we got uh, Spencer. Like uh, I can't get I, up, I can't get up behind. Yeah. Right. So
2: anyway, we'll talk about that later. Chris, yeah. you've been awful quiet over there. Are you going to pick? Yeah. Uh, well, um,
3: I, I've just been.
2: Please, pick uh, uh, Devin uh, Clark. I've just,
3: been, I've just been loading my counter argument here because yes, I, I, yes. I was. I was, I was I mean, as far as the fight, I'm picking Regis, but I, I got to respond to what Joe said here. I mean, okay, he's training with Dagestani. Luis Louis Pena was wrestling with Khabib before his last fight. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. Clark is probably going to be the better wrestler here. Okay, having said that, um, you know, I like Reykjavik Ray a lot. I, actually, I picked him in that fight against uh against Lodette just because I thought, you know, he had a much deeper skill set. And I think... What's interesting about Rakic and that fight was, um, you know, that was doing some of the right things. He was started checking kicks. He started going for his own takedowns. It didn't matter. Rakic was just a step ahead the entire time. He's a very physical guy. Um, he's quick. Um, he's, a, he's a decent counterfighter. Counter but um, my, one of my concerns about him is he leaves his chin up in the air sometimes. He also, um, as far as his kicking game, it's very active. But his hands aren't quite so active. He's more of a, of a one, a one shot at a time with his hands. And I think that um, I think Clark's gonna have some opportunity to get in on his hips here. Um, we haven't really seen him face a wrestler of any caliber. I mean, of his two fights, the better wrestler is probably Bahos, and that doesn't mean a whole lot. So um, I think it's it's not that controversial to say that Clark's gonna be the the best wrestler he's faced. And as you said, Sean, he is a grindy, jam up kind of wrestler who's always going to be after you. Um, could it be the case that um, you know? Because we, we saw at the weigh-ins he's much bigger. Could it be the case that Ricketts is just more physical and can just him like that? It could be, but um, I think that um, you mentioned you mentioned the um, his knockout to what's his face, Alexander or Alex Nicholson. He got a, he got like a chinny rep after that. You know he hadn't been knocked out since, so I share your concerns about um, the price. And I think, look, I, I like Rakech to win the fight, but as you say, grapplers make money on DK Sean, and for 6,700, I think it's a guy well worth taking a shot on.
2: I wish we'd get some advances, as Joe would say, but I, I I think we're all pretty much on the same page. I do want to respond to our guy Cloud in chat, who says Nina and Santos in cash. Um, how much can I swear on a Roto Wire Pod, Chris?
3: Uh, you know, just try to keep it. Try to keep it to like four One. words.
2: Okay. Well, you're bat, words. You are batshit crazy, my friend. Um, That's good that. Yeah, uh,
1: unless, wow. unless unless Claudia is hurt, you know, do not play Nina. And that other fight is, is a
2: GPP fight, but we will get there. Um, somebody else in in chat says he got schoolyard choked by Blahovic. Yeah, he, he did. did. I do think Blahovich is a little underrated, but not at least. People love to hate Blahovich, and Blahovich is, I think, back on the sauce and 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 decent. And yeah, I think we're mostly just concerned about uh, concerned about the price, and we will we'll move on from there because we have to talk about Carlos Diego Fajera, ninety two hundred taking on Kyle Nelson at seven thousand. Nelson one week uh, notice replacement. He's a kickboxer. He's beaten up a bunch of cans. I did something interesting. Somebody went. I think it might have been you, Joe, on Twitter, and if not. I'm sorry," said that at least he's beaten guys who have decent records. I went into um, the records of the guys he has that good record against, and they're all like zero and zero. Like the guy, every guy he beat basically beat up the tomato, the tomatoiest of tomato cans. Like it was. Oh, amazing. so you mean the guys
1: that he beat who had good records? They had they, the their records. opponents weren't very good. Yeah, I, I, I will admit I did not go that deep.
2: I was just, I was just curious. If you had a second on, on topology, go go ahead and click around in there. It's I not think that topology impressive.
1: is was down. It was just down. I, I don't no, know. that would be sad. No, um, I mean just for a minute.
2: Yeah. Right. Kyle Nelson is a kickboxer, and that is the one type of style I liked. Ronson in that I thought he would be better from the outside, and showed a penchant to stop takedowns. He stopped Kevin Lee takedowns. I wasn't sure how much take how much takedown offense Fer- Ferreira had. He only has eleven percent takedown accuracy in the UFC. That being said, on short notice against a guy who is small for one fifty-five, um, look, I like I like Ferreira a lot in this spot. Now he's aggressive enough. He's willing to fight. I think he can get this fight to the ground eventually. And the second, this fight hits the mat. It should be an utter total mismatch. Uh, the line on this fight, by the way, which I skipped, uh, Ferreira has odds value now. I believe minus four fifty. Come back on Nelson's plus four hundred so -450 for 9200 Ferreira for me is in play in all formats I don't I don't see the up the hometown upset happening here so Ferreira went from a guy I wasn't very interested in to a guy I am massively interested in how about for you Chris
3: yeah um this is another third stringer opponent I believe first it was John McDessey um, then it was uh, Ronson and now we have Kyle uh what is what's his last name uh Nelson, Nelson. Kyle Nelson there you go my old friend Kyle Nelson. Um, from what I could see, he's just—he's a very like um, wild striker. Tries to close distance. I—he can wrestle a little bit. I, I didn't really see a ton that I like from him, quite honestly. And Faheya has got a functional boxing game. It's not—he's not very quick, which leaves functional. him open. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's the nicest thing I could say about <laughs> it. But, I mean, that—that's more than I would certainly say for Nelson's, I mean, it's, he can, you know, he can move his head a little bit. He can shoulder roll a little bit. Um, but, you know, he can get countered because he's slow and tends to, to not retract to his position. But I'm, I'm really not worried about any, any of that here. I don't think he hits hard enough. I think Faye is going to be the way harder puncher. Um, I just, I just didn't see a bunch that I liked from him. So I'm going to say, Take
1: Fahai in all formats. of finished wouldn't shock me Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I, I was you, you, you kind of pushed me over the edge on giving Ronson a shot, and he fit just so nicely with his price tag, and now I'm like, okay, you know, um, Fahara is probably one of the now. I don't know if it was if it's safe to say he has the highest upside, but he is certainly one of the safest plays. I mean, you know, I would certainly lock him in in cash. Um, I don't know if he's better than others at his price point or similar for GPPs, but um, you got to love him. I mean, you got to love him in cash. And that's my pick, obviously.
2: All right, let's move on to someone I know Joe is higher on um, than Carlos Diego Ferreira, and... (laughs) <laughs> I'm picking him to win, but you got to explain why you're so high on Chad LaPree at 9,100, taking wow. on Diego Lima at 7,100. Uh, LaPree, minus 380. Lima, plus 340. Lima has been on two seasons of tough. He cannot stop a grappler. He was grappled, you know what, by Jesse Taylor. He lost Yushin Okami recently. Four-fight four fight UFC losing streak, anyway. Um, look, just not very good. LaPree... Did just get knocked out by Vicente Luque, um, who I think is an up-and-comer in that division. Also, what worries me a little bit is that he was knocked down by Galor Bafondo. Does he have chin issues? He's there to be hit. I'm not sure. It's it's something worth noting before shoving all your chips in on Chad LaPree. He's been knocked down in two straight fights. Um, But Diego Lima shouldn't have anything for him. It's not his brother. It's not Douglas Lima. Lapre moves really well side to side. His movement should be too much. I don't think Diego's going to be able to wrestle him. But Lapre, because he's a striker, he's going to need that finish uh, to pay off in GPPs. Obviously, Joe thinks he's really safe. I like him as a play. He's my pick. But, Joe, why Why do we love Chad LaPree this week?
1: Look, this is as much a fade of Lima as it is an endorsement of LaPree. Um, I don't... Uh, Look, it's it's always I always have some trepidation when you have a fighter coming off a, a a knockout. And with that said, you know, Luque is good, is real good, is is a lot better than than you know his rank. Um, so I see him as the hometown fighter um, against a guy that is so fadeable. Um, he should get the finish here. Um, he's much better everywhere. He's more technical. Um, does he have more upside than, uh, CDF? I, that's the hard, that's the hard thing to say, but he is definitely my pick here. Um, I think he's one of the better GPP plays at the price point. Um, but time will tell
2: Chris, are you picking Diego Lima? Uh,
3: no, I'm not. And I, I actually, I actually agree with Joe here. I think, um, Look, not only is Vincente Luque a much better fighter, but Galore Bafondo is at least a much scarier fighter than yeah. Diego Lima is, a much more powerful one. Um, I, I think this is going to be one of those rare fights where Laprie is almost going to have every advantage. He's faster. He hits harder. He can wrestle. You already alluded to the fact that um, Lima has been wrestle-mugged in his last two fights. Uh, I, I just don't see a- anything that Lima is going to have for him. I mean, Lima, he can throw a jab, but he, he generally gets caught throwing these rope combinations. That's what got him knocked out in his last Titan FC fight. I, he's just slow. and st- I just I don't like anything about him. I mean, anybody in chat who likes something, um, feel free to speak up and maybe we can discuss it. But I, I, as far as I'm looking at this right now, I love Chad Lapre. I think he's a guy where you open you open up dr- the DraftKings app and you look at it, and I think he's a guy you start lineups with. Uh GBP and cash. So I'm I'm in on heavy with uh, Lepree here.
2: Uh, I it's tough for me because you got somebody who's going to grapple right right near him. But again, I do like Chad Lepree as well. Now let's talk underdogs. Let's get to it. Brad Catona, eighty nine hundred, taking on Matthew Lopez. At seventy-three hundred, the line on this fight, as Chris know, he said he knew I was going to be picking Matt Lopez. It's come, it's closed up. Katona's a favorite still, minus one seventy. Lopez at plus one sixty. If you flip this line, that's about where I thought this was going to open. Uh, I tape studied this fight, one of the first ones I did, um, of the prelims anyway, and I thought Lopez would be a small favorite. The problem with Lopez is he has got gas tank issues, and I wish somebody would teach him how to check a kick. Cotono, well-rounded game. He's 7-0, won the season the Ultimate Fighter, beat Jay Cuccinello, had a back-and-forth fight with, with with Bryce Mitchell on the show. Ultimately, I think Lopez, the better grappler, he's been in there with Jafiela Sunset, He's got a win over Johnny Eduardo. Um, Alejandro Perez's last fight, he won the first round handily before he did gas out. That's the worry here for me is the gas tank, but the price tag is really based on that plus 210-ish line, um, 7,300. I think he is uh, the best value on the card. He's going to be chalky now because the odds value is creeping up that way. Uh, I like Lopez a lot. I think he's got too much wrestling for Katona It's my hunch, and it's a massive step up for Superman. Um, I like Katona. I just – the the line and the price is just really threw me off here. So Matt Lopez, one of my favorite dog plays on the card. Uh, Chris?
3: I don't. I don't know. If we could say it's a massive step up for him. I mean, what's the big win that Matthew Lopez has? Johnny and no joke. No. Okay. Fair enough. But I mean, I. I. I okay. Fair enough. I, I'm just. I'm not even gonna counter that. I'll just give it to you. But right. I'm still picking. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Don't get used to it. I'm still picking Katona. <laughs> I'm still picking Katona because, uh, well, you alluded to some of it—the gassing out issues. Um, the leg kicking issues, which have been a problem for his last two fights now. And uh, Katona has a has a vicious leg kick. We've seen it. And um, he's just going to be out there bouncing around, moving around. Uh, Lopez is a, is a plodding fighter. He's got power. He can throw in combination. But um, I also think uh, Katona is a decent counter, counter striker. And I think he's going to be faster than Lopez. And all those things together just doesn't – can he take him down – Maybe, but again, even if he takes him down, if he doesn't finish him, now we have the gassing thing to worry about. So, and also, I, I don't know how of a, how much of a committed uh, finisher Matthew Lopez is at this point in his career. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh no, he finished Eduardo. Okay, but I I believe that's his only finish in the UFC. Um, I I, I just I just don't love him. I understand grapplers, and I understand um, you want to take a, a shot on a, on a Low cost grappler, that's fine. But as far as where the skill lies here, I think Katona wins the fight.
2: Joe?
1: look, let, let's be honest. I mean, we we don't, you don't. Um, again, and if I'm out of line, you'll tell me. I don't think you believe the line is off because you think Matthew Lopez is a good fighter. I think it's more because you think that um, you know he is perhaps slightly better than Katona or. How I look at it, I just don't see Katona as a 5-2 to two favorite over Matthew Lopez. I mean, I might even be willing to go as far as a pick Um, I don't have any issue with Katona being a favorite, a small favorite. I just don't see him as a 5-2 a to two favorite here. Um,
2: right. I, I thought the line was going to be about, like I said, flipped, about minus 150 Lopez is what I was in my head. And I was thinking maybe, maybe people will be off of Lopez because he looks so bad um, gassing, and I'll get him as a small underdog. That was my thought before I opened up five dimes. And then yeah. I saw plus 235, and I went, that's just yeah, no, experience.
1: experience. I don't think any of us are endorsing the skill set of Matt Lopez. Um, you know, I, my, a couple of narratives here. One is, okay, so Lopez is the wrestling coach for his camp. Um, he, he should have a wrestling advantage. I don't know if it's as distinct as many people. And I should also say that I have an inherent bias against the well-known camp in Ireland that Katona trains at. I pretty much fade every fighter from Conor McGregor on down coming out of that camp. So, you know, use that when you when you hear that my pick is is Matthew Lopez here. Um, you know, I think. Look, I, I don't. It's not a, a, a wild endorsement. I think he fits. The problem is um, absent other underdogs at that price point. I I fear he is going to be extremely popular. Um, so I don't know if it's that big a secret. I think the narrative is out. Um, I'm picking Matthew Lopez, but a lot of it is uh, a fade of of the camp, and just because I don't see Katona as being a five to two favorite. So, but it's not with a high level of confidence that I'm picking Matthew Lopez.
2: All right, Elias Theodoru, eight thousand two hundred, taking on Eric Yaboy Anders at eight thousand. Theodoru, small favorite still minus one twenty. I'm back on Anders is plus 110. Anders recently had that war with Thiago uh, Santos, who he couldn't even get back back to his corner. Um, that was a fun fight. Uh, Theodoru, people love to hate on him because of his style. He throws at that leg kick, kind of pitter-patters a little, um, picks up, you know, really point fights his way to a decision, which people don't like to watch, but it's, it's a way to get wins in the UFC and not take a ton of damage. Um, that being said, he has not looked as good the last few fights, in my opinion. And he didn't dominate Dan Kelly the way I thought he was going to. Uh, I did want to really quick pull up uh, something I saw today uh, from Aaron Bronster tweeted it out. Uh, Elias Theodore strikes landed in his last two fights, it's six rounds, 195. Eric Anders strikes landed in his entire UFC career, which is 14 and a half rounds, so more than double the rounds. 208, so only 13 more. Which I thought was really interesting, is that as Anders is this action-packed fighter, whereas um, Theodoro is the boring guy. Yes, Anders has some finish in there. I think he finished Raphael Natal. Um, I think it was at that fight. That was that was pretty violent and impressive. He also, you know, had a kind of a ground fight against. Uh, Marcus Perez, who Chris loves. What was worrying to me is the Tim Williams fight. Ooh. That's that's the fight that I watch and I go, God, Tim Williams is a round away from beating Eric Anders. And that kind of stand up style kind of just out classically struck him. And that's where Anders is going to struggle. He's going to have the physicality advantage. He's going to be bigger. He's going to be more physical and stronger and could grapple him. And that's what he needs to do to win. But Theodoro has been, you know, training mixed martial arts for a much longer time. Anders, the former college football player. It it sets up well for Theodoro to get one of those types of decisions. I will say, though, that Theodoro is slowed down, like I mentioned. And what I think is interesting is that despite what I just told you and Theodore being my pick to win the fight, I think Anders is by far the better DraftKings play because if he wins, he gets a finish with his power. Maybe he'll learn something in the Santos fight. Or he grapples. And at 8,000, he's the one I'm more willing to take a couple shots on in GPPs because I do think he's that kind of a freak athlete to pull it off. But Theodoru is the pick to win the fight, which is an interesting spot to be in. Um, Joe, how do you have Theodoru and Anders?
1: Yeah, I I don't know that this fight has a whole lot of DraftKings value as a whole. Um, It might be a better fight to bet. I don't think this is a great stylistic matchup for... For Anders, um, I'm also concerned, you know, you you stole some of my thunder with the Williams fight. Um, I also don't like how slow a starter he is. Um, you know, he he is pretty much finisher bust. It's sad to say, but even if Anders ekes out a decision here, I don't know that he'll earn his salary. Um, just because he's a low output striker, He, you know, he may go for a takedown or two, although, you know, Theodoro seems to be pretty good with his takedown defense. Um, this is probably a better fight to bet, um, you know, to actually maybe place a wager on, on Theodoro. Um, as much as it pains me, because I think this, this fight is going to probably be a contender for boring fight of the night, along with Chicogian and, and I, um, I am picking Theodoro. Chris. Uh,
3: I am. Um, I actually agree with, basically everything you guys said. Um I the one thing I would point out is that um if Anders is is, is gonna is gonna, you know, spam takedowns like he did against Tiago Santos, he's he's gonna be in way less danger doing that. He's not gonna eat hard body kicks. He's not gonna have to deal with jujitsu on the ground getting swept. And I, I just think it's 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 I think it might not be as bad of a style matchup. I know that Theodore likes to move around and come in at weird angles. And the, the striking stat that you mentioned is funny to me because I, I want to know um, if we're talking about strikes or significant strikes because I don't know how many of those. Uh, don't get me
2: started on fight metric because they're all significant.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I was just thinking about those uh, those away kicks that Theodore likes to throw for range that, uh, that uh, impact so well. But um, look, if he's going to spam takedowns, we saw Scott Holtzman. Have uh, have success against the in the uh, last fight? Tavaris? Huh?
2: Yeah, Tavares. No,
3: no, no. Who, who's the last fight for? Uh, for uh, what's his face? The model for oh, wasn't it Dan Kelly?
2: No, Trevor oh, Smith. No. Oh, it wasn't Scott Holtzman. Trevor, is, Smith. All right. Trevor it's Smith. Same,
3: same, same kind of guy though, you know. But uh, he had not only did Smith have uh, good wrestling success in that fight. Uh, Theodoro got tired really early. So um, you know, if if if, if uh Andrews is gonna press a, press a pace with takedowns, uh maybe that maybe that could be something. Maybe he'll be on to something. And as I say, look, he, he couldn't make it back to the stool at the end of that fight, gassed out and um, lost. That was at the end of three full hard rounds of mostly grappling from him. And again, against a much more dangerous fighter with a lot more dangerous strikes that he had the weather. I don't think you're going to have to worry about that against Elias Diodorus. So as I said, I agree with uh, most of what you guys said. I would be a little bit more ready to take a, a, a small stab at Anders. But um, I I I basically agree that um, this is a better fight to bet.
2: All right, guys. We are I – I just sent this in our chat. But I'll tell you, we're, we're 30 minutes in and we've covered like four fights.
1: Well, it's the you. first part of the year. We could go a little longer.
2: Yeah, that's all right. That Everybody's was, having a good time in there. Right? You guys yeah. ruined,
3: you
1: ruined my lead
2: in. <laughs> Thankfully, we can go fast through this fight because it's Caitlin Chukagian at 8,700 oh, yeah. taking on Jessica I at 7,500. Caitlin Chukagian minus 195. The comeback on I is plus 180. Unless you think Jessica I is going to get takedowns on Chukagian, which I don't think will happen. Chukagian, um is a BJJ brown belt last time I looked have enough get-up game, range striker, I is gonna have nothing for that. Boring fight. Chukagin doesn't score well in her wins. If This fight burns me. This fight burns me. Chukeyan to win. I have a bet on her, but nothing in DraftKings. Uh, Chris.
3: Yeah, uh, pretty much. And I, I would say that both of these women don't really score that well in their wins. Uh, they're both counter fighters on the feet, which is another way that this could be kind of boring. I as a as a more classical technical boxing style. She probably has a little bit more power. Um, th- to be clear, none of them have, you know, tremendous power, but just out of the two of them. Uh, Chikagian likes to uh, use her movement and, and as I said, counterfight. She throws good straight punches, but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, I would pick Chikagian to be on her bike and out pointer But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to pay too much attention for this in uh, DraftKings. Nope.
1: Yeah, what I find interesting is that Chukagian is the designated backup for JJ yeah. Val. Um, which is interesting to me because and I think we have to do one of these year-end shows like where we do like forward predictions for 2019 because I truly believe that the next two division champ, you want a, you want a 2019 hot take in December 2018. I truly believe Chukagian? No, 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 no. Is is to be Jessica Andraj? Okay, he's gonna. She's gonna get. She's gonna win if Rose Namajunas ever gets off her ass and fights. No,
2: hang on. Is and it, it
1: it's... strawweight? And she's gonna win at at uh at one twenty five. Remember, this was the girl who fought at one thirty five.
2: So, so what? What you're telling me is that uh, come early next year, the women are gonna have two two weight champs. Ah, ah. <laughs>
1: Okay, um, I, I'm I actually dead serious. I do, I do think Andrade wins at 115, and I do think because she fought as high as 135, she moves up and she will have an epic fight against Val. But anyway, I will pick Chukagian. Um, blonde Ambition, no Blonde Ambition is a Madonna album. The Blonde Fighter, mm-hmm. I will take here. Um, uh, I don't think she's. I think this is a fadeable fight on DK. Although it's going to be extremely low owned if you're mass entering GPPs. In case lightning strikes, maybe you want to throw a share in. Um, but uh, I think this is a very fadeable fight.
2: You guys want to be around for that episode because I really am picking Amanda Nunes to beat Chris Cyborg. So that'll be fun for everyone. Okay. Olivier Aubon Mercier, 8,500, taking on Gilbert Burns at 7,700. Uh, Linus continues to close. Actually, a little bit of money is coming in on Mercier, but it's only minus 120. Burns plus 110. Both these guys coming off losses. Burns knocked out by Dan Hooker. OAM was grinded out by Alexander Hernandez. Close fight. We have seen OAM slow down in the past. That fight with um, Anthony Rocco Martin uh, rings a bell where he slowed down in the third round. I still hate saying that guy's name. Burns, to me, this fight hits the mat, has a big BJJ edge. I know OAM's the better grappler. But I believe he's still only a brown belt. He may have just gotten his black belt. But Burns, the second or third degree black belt, I think will have the advantage on the feet. I mean, on on the mat, excuse me, in terms of submissions, finishing a fight, sweeps, all that stuff. And that's where OAM excels. OAM striking to me is stiff. He's probably still a a little better technically because Burns just throws haymakers looking to finish people. That being said, I think that makes Burns an interesting um, GPP play. Uh, especially under that $8,100 mark where we're looking at when there's not a ton to look for. I like Gilbert Burns in this one. I think he has more ways to win this fight, whereas OAM needs to get a decision. So give me Gilbert Burns in this one at $7,700. Uh, this one we're starting with Go.
1: This is such an interesting fight. It really is. Um, there's obviously some – this is about a pick-em line, I believe. Uh, and there's So there's obviously some DK value. With Gilbert Burns and what really makes this fight interesting is that you have you know always look for those profile photos where the fighter's in a gi that really means they're proud of their jujitsu. jitsu so you've got Burns that has got a really great jiu-jitsu game but is actually the inferior grappler so does that mean that OAM is going to be smart and not go for takedowns will he just try to grind them out um you know on the feet, he's probably slightly better. I don't know that. I, I, maybe, I'll, maybe, I'll, maybe it's a toss-up on the feet. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, you know, OEM looked really good against Dunham, but then Dunham, we all know, was shot. Um, so this is a really interesting fight. I mean, I'm going to pick Burns. Um, I, I like the value on DK. Um, I think he's going to be relatively high-owned because if you're looking for guys. Uh, if you're looking for fighters sub 8k that aren't named Joanna John um, you know I, I could see him being very very popular. Um, so I'm going to pick Burns, but I think this is a really interesting fight. Chris, yeah, I
3: uh, I like Burns way more than you guys do. Um, I think I think you guys are right that um, the the technical the who's a more technical striker might be up in the air. But I don't think it's going to matter that much in this fight just because I don't think that OAM is going to be able to take advantage of the holes that uh, that Burns is going to leave through his wild striking. I mean, Dan Hooker is, is a much more seasoned boxer, a much better counterpuncher. I don't think OAM is, is a counterpuncher. I, I, I haven't really seen it to speak of. Um, he gets himself backed up in almost every fight. Um, he's sort of a janky striker throwing one strike at a time. Maybe occasionally he'll throw a one-two, but generally it's one strike at a time. And we know that Gilbert Burns is, is at least a willing wrestler, if if not a great one. We know that uh, he will try to get the fight to the ground. Sometimes he'll do it as a response to getting hurt, but sometimes he'll he'll just go for it. Um, and I and I like that. I mean, I mean in Gilbert Burns, you're talking we're talking about a guy who subbed out Charles Oliveira, so um, you know he, he's shown us his uh, MMA uh, jujitsu bona fides here. And I think that, um, you know, as I said, if if OIM was a more seasoned striker and if I thought he was more capable to make Burns pay for his powerful but kind of sloppy striking, I would be a little worried. But since I don't think that, I kind of think Burns is better everywhere as a default. And so I'm going to be on him
1: big here. Well, but before someone in chat asked, did you say bona fides? Yeah. Oh, did, you sure mean, did. did you mean bona fides? It's bona fides. That's how you say
3: that. Okay. Can somebody can somebody back me up on that in the chat? I
1: would say bona fides, but
2: I I don't actually know what we're talking about. I, I zoned out for seven. So
1: <laughs> Okay. Joe's say... trying, trying to grammar police. Oh no, no,
2: no galore That's how you say no, the guy's no name.
1: Someone in chat say tell us whether it's bona fides or bona fides. Thank you.
2: For what? what? What are we talking about?
1: Bonafides, like when you when you present something that you're good at is no, I would say bonafides, but that's okay. Chris is There's the no right.
2: plural. It's bon- he's bonafide. He's a bona fide bonafide BJJ
1: guy. Yeah, that's what I. That's no, how bona I you can say bonafide. No, no, but if you're Well, you're, no, you're talking about different things. If you're saying it, uh, it
3: doesn't matter. It's okay. okay. Yeah, we got hung up
1: on a tangent here. Go ahead. Next fight.
2: And that's what Fight IQ is good for. We bring you these hard hidden
1: questions. Yeah, these grammar questions. Yeah. So I'm going to be guys, posting
2: on Twitter oh, later. That's now, okay. I, get to tur- I get to turn my ire. From this conversation to the person in chat who said to play Nina Ansaroff,
0: nice.
2: Claudia Gadalia 9300 taking on Nina Ansaroff at 6900. Claudia Gudelia, the line on her is minus 310, come back on Ansaroff plus 280. Listen, whoever in, in chat said that, if you're high on Ansaroff, you know, obviously play who you want, who your gut says, but you should go. Over the edge because you're going to get a ton of mar a ton of leverage, a ton of leverage. Because Gedalia should take down Ansaroff and beat the snot out of her. I know Ansaroff, frame, you know her partner is Amanda Nunes. That's nice. She hasn't fought a wrestler uh, since Random Marcos. Rand- Marcos just had that um, a single leg. Gedalia is better everywhere. You know she before the I believe it was before the Jocelyn Jones Liebarger fight was going to retire and, and have she a beat, family. Right. Yeah. And she, she beat Jocelyn Jones Liebarger. She beat Angela Hill, two stand up strikers, got by against Durand Marcos. The only reason you would play Ansaroff is you think Adelia's done. And you saw Esparza hurt her. And I get, you know, Esparza was injured in that fight. And you saw Jessica Andraj, who as Joe mentioned earlier, it's a beast.
1: You There's mean Gadalia a- was injured in that fight. Cadelia, yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 I mean, yes, exactly.
2: Cadalia was was injured in that fight. And she still won it. And Carlos Sparza is a former champ and, and, you know, top 10 easy in the division, probably top five. Look, Gedalia, by grappling, I don't think Ansaroff could even really hurt her on the feet That she doesn't possess any anything to really scare me. It was Gedalia, uh, Gedalia, Um Sparza had shown some improvement on the feet pre the, the Gedalia fight. And, look, I love grappler against somebody who I don't think can stop a takedown. Um... She got by random Marcos. This is different here. Give me Claudia Gadelia to smash. Um, it's a matter of do I want to play Claudia Gadelia? Do I want to play? Who else is in that range? We have Chad LaPree right there. We have – let me read up the names in, in this little range. This is the range I think that's going to make or break your – night. And, and Diego Ferreira. Those three, it's in GPP, any one of them could go off for 100 to 110 points, or they all could and break the slate. This range is is key. I like Gadelia in that mix. She's the most expensive, but she's my most
1: favorite of the three. Let me go first here. Let's let's switch this up. I'd like to okay, go- Mr.
2: Bonafides. I mean, <sighs>
1: I'd like to go first here. I'd like to go first here. So, to your point, um, Gadelia was hurt going into that fight, right? So she obviously she got beat up a little by Asparza, but she was actually hurt going into that fight for one. She averages four, about four takedowns a fight. I would I would be disappointed if she didn't get six or seven against Ansaroff.
2: She subs are uh, quick.
1: Yeah, now, um, there is someone who I respect who has been on quite a roll lately, and I can't say who because he did not give me permission, but um, who is very high on Gedalia and uh, picks Gedalia as one of of his strongest plays. Um, you know, I certainly see Gedalia as being... Um, a play in cash. I have yet to decide how much cash I'm playing, but I think she'd be relatively safe. I would be shocked if Ansarov could come close to finishing Gadelia. Um, you know, you gotta love those those grappling points. i, I also think that it won't just be, you know takedowns down Zala Devin Clark that she will get some advances um, <laughs> on uh, you know on on sarov. so I, I like Gadelia a bit here. I mean, I think this is a Step down for her in competition from Carlos Barza, and this is a big step up for Ansaroff. So look, I, she could wrestle all she wants with uh, Amanda Nunes, but easy, easy, Joe. But I just don't know that that's well. Come on, I wasn't even thinking in the gutter like you were. Yes, you were training. Don't lie to me. <laughs> uh, with I just don't know that it's going to help her all that much here. Gedalia all day,
2: Mr. Bonafides. <laughs> All right.
3: Well, since since I just had my turn, you said, I don't know what's going on, but I guess it's my turn
2: now. Well, so you, you're over here in chat trying to give yourself a new nickname, which is no, not. No no. Way. no, no,
1: no. Trying I'm just nick- two times if you want. You could go first. It's, it's already been established. I'm just trying to keep it going. you trying to, to nickname himself the. Beard. You, could go, you could go first for both both five round fights. Okay.
2: He he's trying to nickname himself the beard. That's just not I mean, going to happen. Your nickname is he, Nick is-
1: yeah, no, that's.
3: I'll take. I I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll we'll put a poll up in on Twitter.
2: That's the but, last thing you want from our listeners. You don't want a poll. Yeah, you I know. know.
3: But um, I, you know, we got to pump the brakes a little, a little bit here. Um, look, you can you can't just hand wave the fact that Rand uh, that uh, random Marcos was like what one of nine on those takedown attempts. That, I mean, you can't just say that doesn't mean anything. That that's that's a that's a committed, schooled wrestler that she was able to stop most of her takedowns. Time out, time out. But watch you, watch the
2: fight, out. Right? you know, I'm I'm, I'm not even going to be... I'm going to have a conversation. All this, right. This is, this is what this is. You watched the fight. I, I I, know you did. How many of those shots, just my counterpoint to it, were single legs?
3: Yeah, but it's still... Well, the
2: it's, only... is going to shoot doubles, which is a big difference, I think. It's, it's a different type of grappler. It's my only... Well,
3: well okay, but... I, I, also, I mean, I don't know. There might have been a couple double legs attempts. I don't remember specifically. I, just, I remember one of nine. I remember her. I remember her being very smart and always circling back to the center of the cage and keeping her distance, which I think she's gonna do here. Um, also, and one of the big developments we saw from her in the last fight, and something I think she's really found here, was that calf kick. Um, I really like that from her. I want to see her keep using it. Um, I also think, as I said, she's going to keep good distance. I think she has decent boxing in space. Um, and, and Gedalia, I mean, the, the first thing is, which I, which I don't think anybody mentioned, but if they did forgive me, I was, I was trying to, I was lobbying for my nickname in the chat, but I look, she gets tired. And if you force her to wrestle and you can't, and she can't finish, she's going to get tired here again. Um, we, we remember her first, her first strong round against Andraj. Uh, before Andra- I'm not now I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, to be clear that um, Nina Ansarov is going to pour on the same kind of pressure that Jessica Andrade did. I'm just suggesting that I, I think her wrestling has has a shelf life where she can only do it for so long before getting tired. I think that um, uh, her uh, her combinations, Gedalia's, are basically uh, counters and um, they're pretty rote. I, I think that Ansarov has some power maybe not as much as Gedalia. I don't know if Gadelia's is going to be as strong in the clinch relative to Nina Ansaroff as everybody thinks she is. She might be a little bit stronger, but I don't think it's going to be anything overwhelming. And look, I'm still picking Gedalia to win the fight, but I think Ansaroff is plenty live here. And um, I think it's going to have to be by decision, but I just, I just don't see her getting subbed out. And I think she can stop takedowns. And even if she doesn't, you have to worry about Gedalia gassing. So, the pick is still Gedalia because I think she's more seasoned, and I think she's the better grappler. But I, I would say if you're making multi lineups, like nobody's going to be on off and there's no reason for this, for this line to be that way. Fair enough.
2: Uh, somebody brought this up in, ch- in chat. Um, didn't did I, and I this like, I don't remember. <sighs> didn't answer, didn't uh, Marcos get Ansaroff's back in that fight? Somebody asked.
1: I can't recall. I, I, I can't at recall.
2: the end of the first, she may
3: have. At the end of the first, if that,
2: if that I, I think that's right. And if it is, you better better end up there against Cadelia. That, that's a whole different world. Well,
3: we agree on that. Yeah, certainly.
2: Okay. I I got to respond to someone in chat who's 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 trolling us. So I assume survival of the fittest. Oh, yeah, man. I'm going to call you out. Yeah, I'm going to call him out. It's always interesting to hear not you know, and I just said I was not going to respond to it. But then he said, how many hours do you guys spend on the mats? Listen, Schmo, I am actually relatively close to – now, I probably shouldn't brag about it because it's not bragging because most people would kick the crap out of me, but I'm getting close to getting my blue belt. So well, there you go, see? why don't you stick it? And this is for fun, and if you don't like it, go ahead and we'll leave. And, yeah, that's right, Zelda, mats and mattresses. I play around on both. That being said – Tiago Santos, 8,800, taking on Jimmy Posterboy Manoa at 7,400. Santos is the favorite. I actually was a little surprised at how wide this line was at first. And then the more I thought about it, the more it kind of made sense. Santos, uh, minus 175. It's actually come down a little bit. It was around minus 220. Um, Come back on Manoa, plus 165. Look, this fight should be kill or be killed. That's how Manoa fights. Uh, We saw Santos against Kevin Hollandy look good. Um, That guy can take a beating. We saw him against Eric Anders. Obviously, we know how that one went. Manoa, though, is a good matchup for him. He's a boxer. They're going to stand and trade. I like that big kick Santos throws. To me, this is a GPP fight. Somebody earlier in chat said that they're going to play Santos in cash. This fight is a little bit too risky for me to play cash, but I do like Santos overall. Uh, I, I just mana was fading down on the stretch. He, lo- he lost the decision to to Jan Blachowicz. Uh, He got knocked out by by Vulcan Ozdemir, and another one of those weird wonky you know wonky fights. Uh, before that, he did starch Corey Anderson. Ultimately, stand up fight. I like I always like the kickboxer over the boxer. Give me Thiago Santos, who's also in better form. But most of my lineups that I don't have Tiago Santos in GPP, I'll probably have Jimmy Manoa in. Um, Beard, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah. um, Before we go, real quick, I I just want to say that um, the argument that you've never done something so you can't comment on it is really stupid in general. Um, It has nothing to do with the knowledge that you might have on a subject. If you look at different sports, you have guys that have never managed that make managers in Major League Baseball, pitching coaches – And I mean, it's just dumb in your everyday life. Like, you you argue about politics and the president, but you've never been the president, have you? You've never run for Senate. So it's just a dumb argument in general, and I just wanted to say that. And so now that I got that out of the way, um, I'm picking Manoa in in this fight. Um, Of course you
2: are. Of course you're picking Jimmy Manoa in this fight. Of course I.
3: Well, I, I have to. I have to go into my well reasoned. Uh, as you, as you, as you just heard, I'm very logical and well reasoned when I say things. So I'm about to go here too. Um, those of you or who are on Twitter would know that initially I I put uh, uh, Santos by mistake, but then I saw that everybody else had Santos, so my uh, contrarian instinct kicked in, and now I'm on Manoa. No, but the, act, the actual, the actual is um, look, we've talked about it before, Santos doesn't deal with pressure and, and Manoa, Manoa pressure. That's what he does. Even in that Eric Anders fight, he had, it's so funny that his, that his game plan coming in there was to wrestle because he, I mean, the wrestling might, would have been fine if you wanted to do it for like a round to try to wear him down. But he had moments in that fight where he was backing Santos up to the cage, landing strikes, and then going in for takedowns. I was screaming at my TV, keep striking. He had him in the situation that Branch had him in, and he's either not a confident enough striker to, to get it done, or he maybe felt like he maybe he felt like he couldn't, or maybe he actually couldn't. But in any event, that's not Jimmy Manoa. Jimmy Manoa is a very competent and confident striker. He's going to pressure Santos back. He's going to throw in combination, and everything he throws is going to be very hard. Um, Santos has a chance to win every fight because just of, of how much of a tornado he can make it if you're not consistently pressuring him. And I wouldn't fade him entirely. We we know the story of Santos, those ridiculous body kicks. Um, but look, when you back him up, his defense is, to the, we've said it before, throw wild hooks, leave himself wide open to the counter shot. And Manoa is a good enough boxer, uh, a more than a good enough boxer, to take advantage of that. And if Manoa is going to be consistently pressuring I'm gonna have to take him to implement his game plan and get this done. So give me Jimmy Manoa on the um, discount for not just the upset but a finish.
2: I am stunned. to be picking How, wait, Jimmy. Wait, what? What did I say that didn't make any? That didn't make sense. No, there? I'm i I'm just stunned that uh, picking Jimmy Manoa straight up. I I get it as a hedge. I just okay. I mean, agree or disagree? Which which? I had this argument on twitter today too it's okay that we disagree me and Krista like each other we can still be friends
3: as i said as i said on twitter our our minds are are still melding it's in the oh when we
2: get to jj and and i (laughs) i can't believe that we're on the same side of that one anywho joe waiting patiently
1: yeah so um you know just to kind of add to the the narrative um I'm pretty certain that like Awesome Mo and Chipotle Addict and AE Jones, they've never played professional sports before, but they've won millions of dollars in DFS. So that argument that you know none of us have spent any time on the mat is so not relevant here. I mean, um, you know, you want to play me to a head by head to a head to head in MMA? Just name your stakes. I'll happily play you. Um, <laughs> you know, with your mat experience, I'm sure you'll have a distinct advantage over me in MMA DFS. Um, as it relates to this fight, um, you know, I think one thing we'll, we all agree on is it, it is a fight to be targeted in GPPs. You have over a 5-to-1 finish prop. It's the highest on the slate, the finish inside the distance. There is some James Tahuna narrative.
2: Oh, you and James
1: No, there is.
2: There is a bridge you and James Tahuna.
1: There is some James Tahuna narrative here. I mean, namely, and tell me if you disagree. Manawa has been knocked out by better fighters than Santos has beaten, right? That's the fact, right? So um, what's good about this fight is, and why it's a great fight to target, is that Manawa does one thing well. He hits with power, right? Santos does one and a half to two things well. So I think it's a very interesting fight. Um, I picked Santos for RotoWire. I think he's got a little bit more diverse skill set. But would I be surprised if if Manawa caught him? No. I mean, um, I'm going to have a fair amount of Manawa here, especially at that price point. I mean, in GPPs, that opens up so much. And I will never forget that, you know, one of the greatest DFS nights of his life um, by our good friend, the Big Marley, was uh, having uh, Jimmy Manawa in, and it made the nuts lineup for him against Corey Anderson. So... You know, Manawat does have that that power in his hands, so I think this is a great fight to target. I think you should have exposure to both sides. Uh, I think Chris did a very good job in in describing the technical aspects of this fight, so I'm not going to go over that again. But target this fight, play both sides in GPPs.
2: Yes, yeah, Chris, I think that's more what I was looking for. Picking Santos, but Manawa, you could say is more alive than than people think, et cetera, et cetera. I would have got there picking him straight up. Agree, or disagree. That being said, let's move on to a fight that I think is getting. This is where I'm going to be the anti Chris here. I am anti Chalk Dog here. Hakeem Dawadu, 8,600, taking on Kyle Bakniak, 7,600. Dawadu is minus 165, Bakniak plus 155. And what I mean by anti Chris is he usually, you know, He's a chalk favorite and has to pick against them. Well, I see a chalk underdog and I have to pick against them. Everyone's high on Kyle Bakniak. I get that he's tough. He looked good against as a beat, but the guy should be 1-4 in the UFC. He got the decision against Enrique Barzola, and I still can't figure out how. how. Uh, his one win is over Brandon Davis. He got three takedowns and scored 62 points a win in that fight. He is a gritty fighter. He does not score well in his wins. I know Hakeem Dawoodoo in his UFC debut. He got choked out by Danny Henry, and he also didn't score great against Austin Arnett. Ultimately, I think he's the better prospect. I think he's faster, and Bakniak is going to want to kind of grind. I think he's going to have a hard time catching Dawoodu. I've seen people are using MMA math with he looked good against the beat, and me and Joe are at that fight. That was phenomenal, um, a good performance, but this is a different fight. is going to stick and move and – and just be quick. I'm not sure how well Dawoodoo scores, but he's going to be so under-owned. I might take a shot or two on him. Ultimately, I think this fight plays out on the feet. I just don't know if Bacniak's going to be able to pull off that pressure style. Every time Arnett backed up Dawoodoo, he circled off the cage well, got out of trouble. If Bakniak's able to make it a grinding type of fight, sure, I think he could win. But then I don't think he scores well. Um, I think Daudu is more likely to get the win here, and with all the love I'm seeing for Bakniak, it makes me like him just a little in GPPs. Uh, Chris?
3: Well, our, our agreement is starting a little earlier than I uh, expected because not only do I like Dawadu, but I like a lot of the same notes that you hit there. I, I saw a lot of talk on Twitter about uh, do sucks, and I, I just don't know where that comes from, quite frankly. I, um, I do. Well, well, I mean – He's a he's a quick athletic guy. He's got power. He's good at defending strike. He was doing something in that fight against Arnett that I absolutely loved. When Arnett would throw that high kick and he would duck out of the way or, like, slide back and throw the leg kick, that was beautiful. So we know he's an athletic guy. We know he's got power in his hands. He throws in combinations. The one thing I will say um, to his detriment is that he can get hit by that right hand. We saw it in the Henry fight. That wasn't a one-off. That's happened before. Um he's he's sort of hittable like that. And look, Botniak is gonna come forward and I mean we saw that, that weird style that he that he did in the Brandon Davis fight where he didn't come forward, but generally he comes forward and um tries to throw in combination. And so I'm not saying he's not live against that would do, but as Sean said, um he, I think that would do is the way better prospect. I think he has the way better tools and um if it's a firefight, I'm not saying that Boshniak has no chance, but I like I like uh, Dowadu in that scenario, and I certainly like him in the technical scenario. So um, the pick is Dawoodoo, sprinkling some Boshniak if you feel it, but um, I don't think it's past Dowadu to get a finish here.
1: Wow. Um, okay, so first of all, I, I would not give that prospect tag to Dawidu. Um and as it relates to DraftKings, his nom mm-hmm. de plume should be doo-doo because he's not really been great on DraftKings. Um, you know, no, he, he lost that fight to Derrick Henry. Uh, the UFC threw him a softball in our net, and he couldn't finish him. Um, I haven't been overly impressed with what I've seen. I mean, he may be a good martial artist and athletic. I just don't know if he's an MMA fighter. Now, there's some narrative around Bosniak I mean, as Sean referenced, me and him were at that fight. Or him and I, uh, and what I, you know, I thought it was common knowledge, but maybe not. Um, Zabit either broke his hand early in that fight or severely damaged it. Yeah, he did. Uh, I forgot to mention it. Yeah. So okay, you know, now with all that said, I'm still picking Bosniak um, more as a fade against Dudu, um, and just because I don't think he's that great a fighter. Would it would it surprise me? I mean, look, Bosniak, he's got cardio for days. Um, he doesn't throw at a high volume. Um, I, I would be surprised if he could could some if he could finish doo-doo. Um, But you know, look, he, I'm just going out on on a little bit of an island here. I'm just I'm not overly impressed with do. I think there are many better options at his price point. I will probably be underexposed to him on on DK and mass entry GPPs, which look is maybe a reason to play him. Um, I'll have a few shares. I'll have a few shares of Bosniak. Um, I, I don't love the fight for DraftKings. I could see it being a really low-scoring fight. Um, probably like three on my fade list. I think there are two other fights that maybe are a slightly worse from a DraftKings perspective. But um, I'll pick Bosniak just because. Can I just say before we
3: finish – for people uh, like Joe and uh, Nandalal in chat who have seem to have um, issues with the finishing. Now, I know I know that um, the finish rates for um, uh, regionals to professional to UFC doesn't always translate. But the guy's had two fights, so let's pump the brakes there. I just want to say six of eight. Six of eight wins. Um, he's got to finish. So the guy is a finisher. If you want to – if you want to make an argument that it's not gonna translate, that's fine, but I don't it, think has a, translated. it <laughs> hasn't translated. Well, he lost one, so that doesn't count.
0: Right, well, yeah, and he got
1: finished. <laughs> right. I'm, that's what that's what I'm saying. You can't finish a fight you lose. Yeah, but so. how do you not finish Arnett, though? I mean, come on, it was a softball. I mean it, wasn't, it was it, wasn't, it was in his but, own backyard. I know. But he could have finished that fight anytime he wanted to. He said, he wanted Hagen to- finished our net. Sandhagen did it. All right, right, hang on,
2: time. I'm too busy arguing in chat. I, I gotta I gotta break this up. Cause we have to talk about Gunnar Nelson.
1: Oh yeah, 4, this is a very good fight.
2: Taking on Alex Oliveira at 7,800. This is I, this is me and Joe agreed other than the main event, the fight we're looking forward to the most. Gunnar Nelson minus yep. one forty. Oliveira plus one thirty. Gunnar Nelson is ripped out of his freaking mind. Um, back at home in Iceland, no longer at SBG, so that's good. Good for you, Joe. It is. Um, Oliveira coming off of the just torching of Carlo Petersali Jr., which I mean I don't know why that was even a fight, but it was. Uh, beat Carlos Condit before that, lost to Yancy Medeiros, and had that vicious knockout of Ryan LaFlare, which by the way I still can hear that uppercut. I was at that fight as well in in Long Island. That was crazy. Anyway. This fight is interesting. Oliveira moves forward pressure. Both these guys finish or get finished, it seems like. Um, by the way, Gunnar Nelson most recently had his eye gouged out by Santiago Panzanibio. I will say, well, I think Ponzinibbio is a dirty fighter, the really bad one, I don't think it was intentional. I've seen him throw some shady stuff, but like the eye hook. That was in the sh- shorts? <laughs> that, that was no good. That was a foul. That was intentional. I'm saying the eye hook where he almost blinded Gunnar. I don't think that was intentional.
1: I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oliveira moves forward. Oliveira we've seen be taken down before, um, and he's been so different fight, but he was subbed before. He was triangled by the other cowboy, Donald uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Been taken. Carlos Conda took him down in that fight, and if Gunnar Nelson can get him down, he's the better BJJ practitioner. The problem is Alex Oliveira, I think, is underrated in the feet. The dude hits hard. I've gone through another podcast. After you fight him, if you get in a war with him, it seems to change your career. You know, he, he basically retired. Um, uh, I can't remember his name now. Of course, it's, uh, James Mutashri basically retired him. You know, Will Brooks, I think, took him down in that fight before Oliveira uh, got him out of there. Ultimately, I like this fight to finish. I am leaning Gunnar Nelson. Just I think this fight at some point finds its way to the mat. I think even Oliveira at his best will clinch up, and that just gives Nelson a shot. I am not overly confident in this fight, but I do think it finishes. I think it's a really good GPP fight. Give me Gunnar Nelson, Joe. What do you got?
1: So there's so much compelling narrative around this fight. I mean, uh, I've made it widely known that what what I like to do as soon as salaries drop is create a lineup real quick. Um, Just off the top of my head. See what what that lineup looks like. So the first lineup that I created had Cowboy Oliveira in it, um, and then as the week kind of went on, I started thinking about okay, I really like that that Gunner is training at the super camp in Iceland. Um, I'm not too thrilled about the fact that he had some issues with his knee knee surgery. Um, I don't like the fact that he's taken a year and a half off. Uh, I do like the fact that you know aside from you know Damian Maya in his prime that. You know, Gunner might have some of the best jujitsu. Um, you know, in in the weight class, um, Cowboy is a, a fun fighter, a great fighter on his feet, prone to gas. If this goes into the deeper rounds, you know, give it to Gunner. So I find this a very interesting fight to target. I mean, I wouldn't fault anyone for you know taking the price savings and playing um, Oliveira. But my, you know, things have pretty much shifted for me. I'm now like. I have more of a lean towards Gunnar Nelson, um, you know, to win the fight. Given the concerns I mentioned, the year and a half off, you know, the knee issues, um, you know, the fact that Cowboy's been way more active, um, he he has to be, you know, having three kids with three different women who all live on the (laughs) same block as he does. um, He's got to continue to fight. Um, So, yeah, I am going to go to Gunnar, but, um, you know, I think this is a great fight to target. Chris? Yeah, I, I agree. It's a great fight to target. Uh, Cabo
3: Alvaro, one of my favorite fighters in general. I, I just love how the dude fights. He always goes to war, and he always looks like he's having a great time. Um, as far as as the fight goes, I mean, look, when when I, watching tape for this fight and watching the um, the Yancy Yancy Medeiros deserves a medal for being able to get out of that first round. I I, I still don't even know how he did it. I I, I think that. Um, uh, Olivera was expecting to finish him and didn't, and maybe maybe that, you know, going into later rounds kind of messed it up. But my point is that, you know, Oliveira is a guy who just keeps coming at you. Even if even if Gunnar Nelson get gets takedowns, we saw we've seen others get takedowns, as you mentioned, Carlos Condit. Uh, not not to mention a, a really good wrestling grappler in um, Ryan Lafleur. These guys couldn't get anything done. In fact, uh, it was Oliver who got up off the deck and ended up finishing uh, both of those guys. I just think he's he's freakishly athletic he uses his length and his strength to full effect um, he can wrestle he can grapple I wouldn't expect him to outgrapple Gunnar Nelson but if he wants to get offensive takedowns I, I I wouldn't put that past him and the biggest thing that I say for last year is that gunnar Nelson is just really hittable. I mean, he's got that Conor McGregor style where he keeps his hands down and goes in and out. But the thing about that is you've got you've to have Conor McGregor head movement to make that work. And even Conor McGregor gets it quite a bit it's because you can't be keeping your hands down at these high levels like this. Um, for all you want to say about um, the eye pokes and the shorts grab, and there was some dirty stuff in that fight, no question, um, it was a very clean overhand that um, stunned Gunnar Nelson initially. So um, – I just, I just can't trust him to um, look. If you were just gonna, just gonna wrestle the entire fight and just try to mug him, that would be one thing. But I don't think I can trust Gunnar Nelson on the feet. Can he explode into some counters and, and maybe, and maybe hurt Cowboy? Maybe, but I don't trust him to land something that hard on Cowboy to significantly change the fight. And I don't think, I don't think the grappling on its own is gonna get it done. So I'm gonna pick Oliver here to uh, probably get a stoppage.
2: it's you know, some really good points, but you know I think it sums it up really well. The, guy, the guys in chat, I, I actually want to read this because I think this it sums it up really quick, really well. Um, our boy Will says if Condit can take can take him down, can take um, Olivera, so can Gunner. I think that's fair. Yeah, no, we're that's talking, fair. talking about the striking. It, um, Gunner, you know. The, the overhand it won't stun cowboy like it stunned stun, stun Joban. absolutely like Gunny's striking kind of improved but not really I think that's what it comes down to Olivera needs it on the feet Gunny needs it on the ground I think Gunny can get it down can get it down there so I'm picking him but as Chris said if ultimately if he eats enough shots on the way in Olivera wins win. so I think it's a great GPP fight um, for what it's worth I'm not full disclosure I'm not a um, a tout better. I do bet on the side, and I posted. I post those just for free because I like to do it um, better at DraftKings. But I did bet the under one and a half in this fight. I think it was like plus one hundred. If you're yeah. into, if if you're into that, anyway, Valentina Shevchenko ninety four hundred taking on Joanna Jędrzik. I'm going to call her Joanna Violence. The rest of this podcast for sixty eight hundred to me. We can argue about this all day long. This line is 100% out of its freaking mind. It's now a Valentina Shevchenko -315 to come back on Joanna violence +285. Look, you can yell at me all you want that she that they she beat her years ago when they, you know, I think three times when they were doing Muay Thai. Great. Right. This is MMA. I get that I'm not even going to argue with you that Valentina should be the favorite. You know, she's going to have a size advantage, although I think it's good for JJ that She's going to cut all that massive weight, which a lot of me is what is attributing that uh, Nabi Yunus knockout to. Let's get the sheesh chinny thing out of here. They're 125-ton women. Let's not expect a flash KO. out. is a counter striker, and JJ pushes the pace. If this goes five rounds, like I think it should, and the odds would indicate, in a decision, JJ being the volume striker is absolutely live to steal three rounds, 100%. Valentine Shevchenko could do more damage and counter her up, and if you get good enough judges, she could win 50-45. I just think this fight is way too wide. Expect to go the distance. Give me JJ and cash. Even if she loses, I'll take my 30 points and move on. Um, I really think it helps her bumping up a weight class, as I mentioned. Shevchenko has shown some flashes of a ground game, but she wants to stand and trade. Like, they're gonna stand up. They're go- they're gonna basically have a muay thai match with MMA gloves. And while we've seen that, I just this is five rounds of pressure. And the way MMA is scored, I just think Joanna is live um, absolutely more than this price tag would indicate. Uh, and by the way, the worst thing about Shochenko possibly winning is listening to her fans. Um, a couple th- and that could be why i soured on her a little bit. A couple things I want to throw out there: um, a neck roll. Those videos you see, not impressive. Anybody who's ever wrestled can do that, 100%. If I wasn't so old, I could still do it, and I probably still could. It would just hurt a lot. The drill with her sister, it's a standard drill, guys. Like I don't know, like where this height and she dances. Well, and that's she, a big one for me. That, she,
3: that actually she, changes it for me. And
2: it's sad because she is a really good fighter. And all those things just irritate me. I have to check some of my biases, but let's minus three fifteen to me is crazy. So Joe said that Chris can go first for these fights. So I'll start with Chris.
3: Well yeah, I um I have zero understanding of why so many people are thinking that um three fights years ago in a different discipline hold any weight here whatsoever. They don't. Um, even even if it were the same discipline, I, I mean Look, Sean, you're you're a tennis guy, right? So if you see head-to-head matchups that are more than three or four years old, you don't even look at them pretty much. they're, they're different people at that point, and we're talking about a different discipline. And not that I'm a Muay Thai specialist or anything, but look, Muay Thai there. Then the reason why you always hear announcers say it, there's not a lot of footwork involved. They stand in front of each other, uh, for the most. I mean, I know I'm oversimplifying that. Some Muay Thai guy can. Call me an idiot in the chat. If survival of the fittest is still here, get on that. But, um <laughs> but um, um,
2: what I will say, by the way, I just, just a good punch Ben. I, I will concede that Joanna is delusional as all hell as well. Like, oh, when yeah. she's the gold and all that's why she lost. Excuse, me. she's crazy too. Let's just put that out there.
3: But I, I think most fighters are like that, and I think you know, in a certain way, you have to be. You have to believe you're going to be the best because then what's the point of getting out of bed if you're not, you know. So, you know, there's a little bit of back and forth on that. But what, I, what, I, what I'll say is, like, I, I really take your point that Joanna could just outwork her here. Um, She's going to be the quicker fighter. But I'll go I'll go a little f- further than that even and say that, guys, uh, this is a three-round fight. And Shevchenko for, Oh, I'm sorry. Five rounds. Okay. but it's for the, the title. Uh, yeah, no. You're right. But the point still stands. That she's made some improvements, but she is still a very slow starter. You want look look at the first round against uh, Nuna the second time, first round against uh, Holly Holm. She is a notoriously slow starter, and and Joanna is not the kind of person you want to be down one or two rounds against, even in a five round fight. Uh, it's it's just it's just not the way to go. And what what do people actually think is going to happen here? Like you said, Sean, they think that she's going to get knocked out, I, I I mean, I really don't see that happening. She's at, she's at her weight class now. She's feeling good. She didn't have to cut. She didn't have to dehydrate. She wants to
2: go back down because she's a lunatic, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, but I mean, for now, like, and even at the weigh-in she was talking about, and I did catch that too. Actually, they both said it at the weigh-in. They both said how powerful they feel and dah, 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 whatever. But I just don't – I mean, unless she wants to try to get her takedown game going, Shevchenko, and even if she does – we've seen Joanna have great takedown defense before. Uh we know that Chifchenko is a is a bullet counter striker. That's a, I didn't even do that on purpose by the way. It just happened. She's a she's a bullet counter striker. That's how she beat Holly Holm. She put on a great display there, but I just think that Joanna is going to be faster. She's going to have a better work rate and she's going to pick her apart for five rounds. So I'm taking Joanna here. And I I think the line is silly too. I think it's Way off, and I think I'm I'm gonna be way heavy on Joanna.
2: I don't know. See, it's hard for me to go crazy on Joanna because I, I'm I still would probably lean Shevchenko. I actually, I did put a small bet on JJ because the line is crazy and there's value. But it's hard for me to go overweight on Joanna unless I was confident she's going to win. So that being said, like that's why I don't want to go crazy overexposed, Joe.
1: So, um, hmm. OK, so I, I am pretty heavy on Val here and, and not for any of the reasons that, you know, she beat Joanne and Mu- Muay Thai, you know, years ago. Um, I honestly feel that that Val will actually take her down and I might as well give my hot take because I don't think I can I can say this without it being a hot take. I, I, I believe that Val will get a finish here um, by submission. So, I'm going to pick Valentina Shevchenko by submission. I am not going to call around here. Um, I do think that Val. I think she did the takedown, huh? Uh, yeah, I do think. I don't know that Val is great for DraftKings. I mean, I, I could see the submission coming in the later rounds. Um, you know, I think there might be better plays on DraftKings. Um, I, I also would not bet to fight it necessarily at minus 300. I think it's a, a pretty big number. Um, look, I love JJ. I think she's one of the most precision strikers, you know, at one fifteen. I just like what I've seen recently um, from Val, um, you know, from the submission of of Julia Pena. Um, obviously, we can't put anything, you know, we can't place anything on that her lap, her fight where she beat the living shit out of that. No, that was terrible. Yeah, I mean that was like that 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 ref should be fired. That fight should have been stopped. That was Yamasaki. Yeah.
2: yeah. Basically fired was
3: he? Yeah, Basically,
1: um, you know, to the so, they can do that. Do you think she's yeah.
2: is she gonna shoot a takedown? Like she's gonna go and I, I think she
1: will take down Johanna. Um interesting. You know, others have Goodell, yeah. Look, I think she'll get a takedown here. Um, you know, so I am I am on Val here. Um, you know, I want Val to win this so that Andraj could you know, beat Rose and then have a super fight at 125 and she won't have to sell brownies anymore at training camp to raise money. Um, so I am, uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'm, I'm playing Val here. I don't know, look, I could see using, I could see, you know, I could even see potentially stacking this fight in cash. There are people that are throwing out the dub stack, um, you know, this in the main event. I can certainly see that. I think in some respects it might be more stackable than the main event. Um, especially if there's a quick finish, but, um, I am picking Val here. All right. Well, real quick, since,
3: since, since the linchpin of of your pick was wrestling, I mean, I don't know she's faced a lot of good wrestlers. Uh, Can you recall any significant top control from any of those
2: wrestlers? Goodalia won, won around decisively. Okay. All right.
3: goodalia. But I mean, I think that's, that's one and, uh,
1: I'm okay. I don't know if
2: it's the Lynch kind of
1: by but Got him
2: twice. Yeah. All right, let's go on. Max Blessed Holloway 8300 taking on Brian T City Ortega at 7900. Where is this line? You can now get plus money on Max Holloway on 5 times. Minus me one up. minus 110 for Ortega, plus 100 for Holloway. I'm going to wait cuz we'll see how stupid this line gets. I like Holloway here. People are basing this on the health thing. We don't really know. And that is a concern. I will say I'm probably stacking in cash because Holloway brings fights. And Ortega's been a willing dance partner in his fights. I think this fight scores well. If it finishes, I'll I'll take my win on either side. Holloway, you know, is on, what, 10 10 fight winning streak. Has not been taken down in the longest time. How can Ortega get this fight to the ground the way he usually, which is interesting, the way he got Moicano to shoot is Ortega typically presses forward, gets pressure, and makes you shoot a stupid shot and snatches up your neck. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we've seen him do. I think Holloway, Holloway's footwork and movement is going to be too good. He should be too too good on the feet. The problem is Ortega finds ways to win. but That is also why I can't pick him. I can't pick a guy who... Routinely falls behind in fights. I know he beat um, Cub Swanson decisively, good win. And same with uh, Frankie Edgar. But before that, he was losing to Clay Clay Guida, got a submission. Um, he Was losing to Renato Maicano, got a submission. And ultimately, you know, Cub and Frankie aren't the strikers that Max is. People are forgetting what who Max is, and you have to assume he's coming back healthy. That is, of course, the big if here. And if why, if you want to pick. Pick T City, I, I can get it. You really think Max Holloway is compromised? Not the same. Looks fine. The, he always looks drawn out. Looked fine on the scales for what he was. I actually thought side by side picture, Ortega looked worse. Uh, give me Holloway to 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 win here. I will say that where this fight is priced, I'm probably going to have a, a ton of both shares and GPPs. Um, yeah, but but give me Holloway until I you know until I've seen him slow down in the cage. I, I can only base things on what my eyes see clearly so give me Holloway to win we are going to go my guess or prediction fourth round TKO for Max Holloway. Chris start us off with the main event.
3: All right, well like like you said and how you started, you really you can't talk about this fight with, without hitting the um the injury or suspected injury angle. I'll go quick since you basically um since you basically summed up my thoughts on that part, I think it's on. It's way too much under a microscope now, like where people are trying to take comments he made at, in interviews where he stumbled over his words, maybe, and they're going, "See, uh, I mean, he is look, a fighter. Like, let's be like, no, I, guy. yeah, of course, of course. I mean, you know, he's not gonna. He's always sort of had that laid-back, draw kind of speech anyway. But whatever. Um, I just think, and also, like, guys, haven't didn't we learn from the um? Ganu fight, I mean, you can't assume that much going into the cage. Could it be the case? Sure, but just constructing that narrative and running with it, I think, is dangerous. Skills win fights. We don't have any any uh, real knowledge of an injury. Just go by the skills. Okay, having said that, um, I think the, the gap on the feet is just so big, and I don't think I'm saying anything that uh, is news to anybody specifically. It's not that Ortega is um, on the feet Hasn't gotten any better. He does. But, I mean, if you just want to look at something very basic, like look at Brian Ortega's jab and then look at Max Holloway's jab. Brian Ortega's jab is a paw-out jab. It's kind of just like he throws, he throws. The Max Holloway jab, and we saw this in the Jose Adel fight, is a stinging jab. It is thrown for a purpose. That is that, that's, that is indicative of the levels of strikers that they are. I mean, I mean uh, T-City's striking is functional. As a means to survive in the fight and maybe score some points, Max Holloway is a striker. He's got a good kicking game. He's got power for the division. He he plays with tempo a lot. I just I just think he's so smart in there. Now the one thing I will say about Ortega is um, he doesn't have to get you to shoot. Like he doesn't get takedowns, but he doesn't have to get you to shoot either. If you remember he, in, in that um, in that Watson fight, he can wrap you up. And then get something on the feet, and then take you down from there, which I think is a, is a good, um, it's a good adjustment from him, and it makes him even more dangerous. Even still, though, I think Max's movement is just too good to be caught in a in a in a grappling scenario if he doesn't want to be. And I think he's going to keep this on the feet and pepper him over five rounds, and and get a nice meaty decision.
2: Did you say meaty decision, big yeah. meaty decision. Oh, that is. That
1: makes me want to just dry heave. Big, juicy decision. Okay, so for those of you that may have tuned in to Alpha earlier, well, first of all, thank you. But secondly, I'm going to say a lot of what I said about this fight um, on Alpha. I think the only way that you could be highly confident in Ortega, there's two reasons. One is you truly believe that Max Holloway is diminished by whatever random mystery illness affected him, um, caused him to he's never been a wordsmith to begin with, but you have to believe either that he is vastly diminished or that Ortega has geometrically slash exponentially improved his striking, you know, overnight. Those are the only two, those are the only two reasons you could be highly confident. Now, I'm Joe, not, Joe, I'm you, not you saying do
2: know, Sorry, but you do know that as Will would say in chat that that striking he's improved on. It is clearly just an extension of, of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Well,
1: like, okay. you, you know that, right? <laughs> okay, so that okay, so I'll, I'll buy into that. So sorry, I'm I not saying that. that I'm not saying that Ortega can't win. I'm just saying that for those people who are like so confident in Ortega, those are the only two scenarios under which I could see a high level of confidence in Ortega. I mean, Max has fought the who's who in at 145. Max is clearly a superior striker. Um, he's faster on his feet. He's got high fight IQ. Um, you know he's not easy to take down. So, again, you know, look, I I, I like Max here. I mean, I, I am not buying into the, you know that the diminished narrative. I mean, if I, you know, and I'm going to have shares of Ortega because we've seen Ortega snatch victory from the jaws of defeat on many occasions. So I will have shares of Ortega. I think it's smart to have shares of both fighters, but you know, picking a winner. Um, I think he's got a great price point. Um, the winner is, is, uh, is Max Holloway.
2: All right. Let's move on to hot takes. I'm going to explain hot takes. Cause it seems like we have some new people watching this week. We're up to 20,000 live viewers. Uh, wow. if, you're not, if you're not, if you're not in live chat, you're not going to understand what's, what's going on with that one. Um, we're doing all right. Hot take. We are going out on the limb here. Nothing, Joe. This is for you. We're going out on limbs with these. Um, and this drafting specific, a bold prediction. Obviously, that is what a hot take is. Chris, you are ki- actually Joe. We already well, I gave a hot you take. mine. I gave he, you yeah, mine. Go ahead, go, go ahead and, and restate. Joe. I'll
1: restate it. It's 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 Valentina Shavshenko by submission.
2: Chris, you have your hot take ready?
3: I have it already now. Go on it. this
1: card, we have three fighters
3: below the seven thousand dollars pay uh, pay line. I think two of those three fighters are getting a W. Wow. If,
1: well, then
2: you
3: better
1: be picking Devin Clark because I can't. Oh, she's picking it. what? Nina off and I'm, uh, I'm
3: saying. I'm saying my. I'm saying the take is any two. I get it. If any two
1: get it, that's my hot take. That's, that's, a, that's a hot, hot take. But- that's a hot enough take. Yeah, <laughs> I I can allow that.
2: That's that. That is, I want to say meaty hot, but that's just disgusting.
1: <laughs> so meaty and No, it's the the other the other adjective or descriptive adjective that he used was plenty. So that could be plenty hot. I heard him use plenty today. <laughs> plenty meaty. Not a word mm-hmm. that I use a lot. Plenty, but um, uh, we can let him use plenty. All
2: right. We are. Uh, my hot take is going to be. Wow, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get really spe- I'm just gonna get specific with mine. So you guys can just you can video this. The winner of the and then give you a thought of how I'm talking thinking for GPPs. The winner of the right. following three fights: Nelson Oliveira, Holloway Ortega, and Santos Manuel. All three of them end up on the winning GPP lineup in the $8 tournament.
1: The optimal lineup in the in the $10. In
2: the $10. $10 okay. this week. I'm going I'm going I'm going
1: to allow that just because of how specific
3: it is. Yeah. That's the those are finishing fights so I, you know.
2: And, and, and okay, if you want me to get get real out there, wait, which is fun, so why not? Um give a fourth fight. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Let's let's, let's right. <laughs> um we will say, you know what? I'm not even playing her, but. Answer off. No, Claudia. no, I was going to say Caitlin Chukagian does something, but I can't. I can't ah. even. I can't even get behind it. Um, uh, we'll let you
3: go. We'll let you go. Don't worry about it. No, no, That's I'm going to
2: pull this off. Let's let's go with. No, let's just do that then. Say Caitlin Chukagian
1: outscores. The- Theodora.
2: Outscores, Dawadu. And Theodoru and Anders. Oh my god! Wow!
1: Wow! Now that is a hot take. We pushed him. We pushed him over the edge. She we certainly him. did, man. I
2: still, I still not going to play like any of them because I said it may be Anders, but wow. there, there, you go. There's your wow. hot take. That is I
1: hot. That is hot. that is hot. Holmes.
2: Yeah, somebody said in the chat it said, said Jukayi by head kick K.O. <laughs> is,
1: by submission. There you go. Oh On ambition.
2: Guys, this was fun. Chat, for the most part, was fun. We had, you know, a little troublemaker in there, but it's actually fun. We kind of came together. We did point out some things I will say. As much as we were ragging on you, Survival of the Fittest, um, some some good points in there. It was fun. I'm not taking anything too seriously. We're here to have fun and enjoy this. Make some money on DraftKings. You guys get any, got any final thoughts?
1: Just sneaky good card next week in Milwaukee. Yeah. Really sneaky good card.
2: Yeah, I just started digging into that last week. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. I, I, by last week, I meant yesterday. Clearly, I'm tired. Uh, Chris, you got anything else?
3: I just enjoy this card. This is this is going to be, you know, we're, we're, we're a little dry in, in certain spots in, in the uh, front, but the middle to the end is very um, very uh, good, very uh, – uh, Meaty I, is the word
1: you want to use. I'm right? not
3: saying the word. It's going to be very fun. There's a lot of um, – potential for a lot of finishes, a lot of potential for some good DraftKings scores, so enjoy the fights.
2: All right, guys, I got one for you real quick, and this is everybody watching live. Don't sign off just yet. Stick with me. We're gonna say, real quick, we have a shout out Rotowire, rotowire.com slash free. 10 day free trial to all their usually premium content. It is just meaty with all the information they (laughs) have in there. Make sure to check it out. Get yourself prepared. Thanks for joining us in Fight IQ. We'll see you next week for UFC Milwaukee. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next week.
1: Outie.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.